0: Hello, welcome to Hit Different, your weekly music culture podcast with me, Mikey Carl, Sosa Fimole, yes, yes. Marcus Tiagyu. Hello. Hey. Never heard it like that before. It's exotic. Coming up on this episode, what's happened in the first six months of the year? It's a bit of a check-in. The three of us all together, special episode. You'll be like, what is happening? Three of my favorite people in my ears. <laughs> ah. That's how it's going to go down. Here's the theme song. Host today, Marcus Teague and Sophia Molly. My friends, it's nice to have arrived at this place in a very short amount of time. Mm. I feel like we've bonded a lot. We have um, we've got a good rhythm for this for this podcast. I feel like this is a performance review, but it's only positive <laughs> <Yeah>. things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is our group appraisal. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going great. Now you say nice things about me. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. Uh hey, guess what though? You can become a paid subscriber out there for only four dollars a month. I mean that's you could get a thimble of beer. In, yeah. a, in a in a Melbourne pub for that. I know
1: coffees that are more expensive.
0: Damn straight. Uh, Ad free episodes, weekly bonus episodes. That's right. We're putting the bonus episodes, you know, behind the paywall because we've all got mortgages slash mortgages to be. And early access to other shows from Mushroom. I've got a bit of a swishy jacket on today. For three, I was just about stripping to mention that. Really, stripping off. Okay, put it away, Carl. <laughs> Check the episode notes for more info. <laughs> to break
1: open into like a caftan kimono. You're the only man I know.
2: <laughs> I just, like, accidentally had it on this who just lengthy has shell neck, neck, a necklace.
1: Costume reveal. It's so weird. Yeah,
0: it doesn't Is, work on a podcast. Sh-
2: Keep talking. Are the shells going to be a problem now?
1: <laughs> only if you should. Shell be right. All right. <laughs>
0: Hit different, we have arrived, as I said, six months in, let's, you know, pull up to the bumper, baby, and Mm. work out what the fuck's going on. Let's start off with a positive story, and that, my friends, is what the Avalanches have provided during lockdown, uh, coming out and doing a show at the City My Music Bowl. Before we go into sort of that part, I'm a, I really, really, you know, I've been an Avalanches fan for a long time. To think that there's almost avalanches saturation now in the media slash, you know, the information and the songs we've been getting for them, they put out seven singles from We Will Always Love You before they actually released the record. Only a few short years ago, that would have been unthinkable. If, mm. you, if you'd d- done a book on that, like, you know, that'd be a hundred to one chance, wouldn't it? So for them to come through for us so strongly, I was just saying to you guys um, during lockdown, I had a big old ball when B-A-W-L, when they did the the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival show with Ben Shuri. It was just a DJ set. It went for an hour, maybe just mm. over. And these tears came out of nowhere for me. It was a different kind of – I cry a lot at shows, a little – tears of joy just sort of like my girlfriend <laughs> at Meredith on th- 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning watching Oscar and Marty. She's like, okay, I'm just going to be over here. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We- You're weepy right. boy. Okay. okay. So you were
2: crying because this would have been a live stream, right? This was right in the thick of it. So right in the thick of it. Crying at home. Yeah, and I was dancing with my daughter Juno and my
0: lovely wife Kasha, and we're dancing and then just the giving and like everything that just was, was shown. Like you start off with Tony De Blassi, Um in having a facial, like is this, and then he do his daddy. But he's like, Oh, sorry, darlings, you caught me. Like, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> it didn't really land, but it, it did, you know, because it was just so funny and weird, and mm. no one saw it coming. Yeah, they did this amazing, amazing uh, acknowledgement of country and also welcome proper welcome to country during it as well, which is incredibly resonant. And then they went into this, you know, playing like Carly Simon and debuting a track and holding up these like badly fonted sign saying new track, like new avalanches. And mm. meanwhile, you know, in the group chat with my friends, we're all we're all separate, but having this intense energy together. Even on the YouTube uh YouTube stream there was heaps of chat and people were like, Where's kick ons? And mm. it just was an amazing and I, I didn't know I needed such a cry and such an outlet such an exfoliation of the soul. And who knew guess,
1: it would have been them to do it. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. So and it's just because it was just all love and it yeah. all sort of came from this great place. Fast forward to the City My Music Bowl show, managed to get some nice tickets because I was reviewing for the age. So I was sort of out of the the pens and more towards the front. In the bowl. Uh in the bowl, City My Music Bowl. Hmm. And they came out and from the from the get-go, we just knew you were in very good hands. And the, they played uh, you know, the vocals they played as well. They put in Freddie Mercury. They started off with Jim Morris in the end from the doors. And put in um, some Beach Boys as well as Cola Boy, as well as, you know, Flaming Lips, Wayne Coyne. All these voices are swimming through. And the whole sort of ethos of that album is how these voices are all out there Beyonce, John Lennon, they're all in the ether, they're all in the cosmos. And they're kind of, you know, where they're a part of us, but they're also going to be around forever. And just this whole thing, the love between the two of them on stage as well. The sound system was just fuck off amazing. Everyone was. On the same page, mm. just throwing that. I've never seen a more a happier kind of release from a crowd in all the gigs I've ever been to. It's an absolute. We are emancipated from this lockdown, sure. you know. And s- apologies to to listeners who are still in lockdown. We we certainly feel for you. It was just that's to me that's the, been the most satisfying, and it's a rare live gig uh, moment from mm. this year. Would you say that hit different? It <laughs> it smacked me upside the head, bitch. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's been cool for the Avalanches. I really feel like this has been almost like a victory lap for them, Mm. which is weird because when an album like that came out, automatically you think, okay, this would be a record that would translate really well to the live space. Mm. And then, of course, they weren't able to do anything with it Mm. except for a couple of shows here and there. But the shows that they have done have been huge. I know at the end of this month they're doing the – Uh, The Illuminate. Yeah, Adelaide uh, Symphony Orchestra. Concert in Adelaide with a symphony celebrating Since I Left You. So, Mm. I mean, that important anniversary of that defining record sort of running alongside Mm. what is another career moment for them, that doesn't happen too
2: often. No. That's a good point. And, of course, it came at such a good time to have such joyous Mm. music. Mm -hmm. Like it's – Coming after the year that we had last year when everything was doom and gloom, it was so exciting to have almost, you know, the ushers kind of come and go, you know, we're ready to go now mm-hmm. and, and have, yeah. a little, have a little feel-good moment mm-hmm. and a, a bit of a party. It was like they were sort of like looking out for us in that way or something. Like yeah. That's, yeah. that's how that album hit at yeah. that moment. Yeah, um, The song Running Red Lights, I've mm, several friends, that was their lockdown
0: anthem, the thing that got them through. Yeah. You know, the rivers from Weezer. Who literally sent them fire his assistant a um a folder of all the things <laughs> that he'd been saying that he was willing to sing? And they mm. chose two as one. you pay for the Rivers would be happy to sing <laughs> Running Red Lights in <laughs> California <laughs> is the place to be. What does he? What does he is he uh, singing some weird lines on California that California is alright with me. California living is alright with me. So, <laughs> so fucking good. Um to question, question for you guys. Did you expect them to show off such amazing songwriting chops as they did.
1: I think so, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I feel like when you've got so many different collaborators in the mix, it can it can kind of overwhelm uh, overwhelm the original ideas, and mm-hmm. and you know maybe having too many different personalities can kind of distill the whole oh, the whole thing. Yeah, but so I much feel like one well. of the yeah exactly but i feel like what the avalanches have been really good at doing over the over their expansive career is in the way that they write songs and particularly their arrangements every element has its room to shine
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know it it doesn't feel egotistical in any way it doesn't it doesn't feel too self-indulgent. It's definitely indulgent, but I feel like that's one of the best things about it. It, yeah, it kind, kind like of invites it in. you in to to become immersed by it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that with Wildflower, we definitely saw hints of that. I feel like that record came out. If we're talking about timing, I feel like that maybe wasn't the best mm-hmm. time for that record. Mm-hmm. I personally love that record, but I feel like it's, it's, it stands up so well. It's too. very slapped on. Yep. Um, I feel like it could maybe have a bit of a since I left you vibe, as in it'll it's got the potential to become yep. uh a sort of a classic australian record in time okay. but i feel like with this one the response to it was super instant yep. you know that could, there was no build up to that yep. yep even people who you know came a few generations after the first record it, there was that instantaneous sort of bonding with it yep and i yep. feel like that's down to how they've evolved as songwriters for sure
0: absolutely
2: I I was quite surprised with the songwriting with, mm. with how strong it was on the first one because I felt like on the first album or on the No first on one? The, on the, on the most recent one on We Will Always Love You because obviously their the narrative of that band is they slap together all this sort of stuff and they pick and choose and you know from the history of pre-recorded music and that's obviously uh present on We Will Always Love You but if you go back and listen to it like a lot of the songs are just simple piano chords and arrangements which mm. I wonder if that is it Andy I don't know how to say Andy surname, Juggernauts called. Andy Juggernauts <laughs> was a huge part of this record and there was also a piano player which yeah, yeah. I John I think his name I is. can't remember his surname I'm yeah. right now Um but it almost felt like that building it from the ground up was maybe a, diff- a new approach it's as hot. opposed to yeah. the top-down sort of approach of slapping things on. And I felt like that revealed something in the Avalanches that hasn't been present before, which was almost this kind of like pure melancholy, and like a an e- real evident melancholy and joy mm. that was theirs. And they had a lot more ownership over it than has been present on previous records, I thought. Yeah. For me, that's why it hit so hard because it was kind of like, oh, right, they're not just... Referencing popular culture and, and music, but they're actually now contributing to it yeah, in a really fundamental a good point.
0: way. Big, it's big a really time, big time. John Kirby, who plays piano at the end of um the Sampa the Great track, take care of your dreaming, of the Great. Denzel Curry, Denzel Curry False. on take care in your dreaming, and uh, Tricky all chipping in. The piano playing at the end. He's yep. so triumphant and like, come with me, here we go. We're going to march into battle and I'm on, we're on horseback together. And it's like, whoa, hmm. it gets me so much. Very much avalanches were, for a lot of people around the world, the, the one set of footprints in the sand that <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds hyperbolic, but it's... I don't think
1: anyone's described them as the other footprints in the sand. As essentially Jesus. Yeah.
0: Damn straight. <laughs> D- the Divine Court featuring <laughs> Johnny MGM um. MGMT.
1: For you, Mikey, did you expect them to win the Australian Music Prize?
0: Uh, <laughs> um, as a, I did not claimer. No, no yes and no. <laughs> I like getting my way, and I knew it was the strongest record. And in the at meeting, which there were tears in the Australian Music Prize meeting, twenty thousand dollars up for grabs, as well as accolade forever. But it was a very tense meeting, and it mm. came down to. and We've said this, oh, so it's fine. Emma Donovan, the putbacks, incredible record, Miesha, incredible record neither was consistently inc- as incredible as as they could have been. Also, yeah, the Avalanches just sort of this have this melange to have this whole melting pot where at no stage where you're like, oh really, that guest? Mm. Like it just didn't it didn't happen.
1: Also snatching it from well, I feel I say snatching it and I mean I mean that in the broadest sense possible. But I feel like that record really eclipsed the slow rush by Tame Impala in ways that I didn't think it would like yeah, I thought Tame okay. was a shoe in for that prize yep, yep. it wasn't my first pick but I was like I wouldn't be surprised if mm-hmm. it came out because it was just like you know Kevin Parker is he's like an entity all himself totally not putting them against each other saying one is you know definitively better than the other one but I feel like those were two very strong bookends almost to mm. Australian music over that period of mm-hmm. time mm. And and seeing how this album has, it's like they were on the same path and then at the end they've just like kind of gone off in their own directions. And yeah. it's been really interesting to see how their respective journeys have gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, look how big Tamer as well. You know, they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. Side note, Riffers to Sol, Do you know how big Riffers to solar are? Mm. They sold 75,000 tickets in LA in like two days.
2: I mm. know so it's not. One of the great things about that Avalanches moment as well was that obviously what it represented, which was this kind of coming out of like lots of twenty twenty was what the fuck is going on? Mm. There's not gonna be any shows, no one's gonna put out records, there's just gonna be a lull. Mm. And then of course a lot of bands started figuring out how to raise their hand, I suppose, yep. in the industry at the time. And so they started being live streams. Mm-hmm. Uh they started being you know, obviously Avalanches did those couple of live live streams. Tame Impala locked away in Perth. Suddenly realised, realise, well, all our, all our production's overseas, so we can't really play any shows, so let's do this Tame Impala sound system situation, mm-hmm. which they did, I think they debuted with that at the Footy Oval yeah. live stream, and then that's since become their club jam, basically, yeah. which is yeah. going to be really fun if it ever gets over here and, or if they tour it in that way. Yep. And then I think one of the positives about all those lockdowns was that these little, everyone's obviously locked in Australia, so, there's either secret shows mm-hmm. or there's live streams or there's this random stuff like Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever played like Vic on the Park and the Old Bar. Mm. Ballpark Music did 13 shows at the Trifford, like sit-down shows just all in a yeah, row. Yeah, they did. Wildlife mm-hmm. um, did some amazing live streams. They did uh, Live at South Channel Island recently, which was looks like a Bond villain movie. Totally. <laughs> they all look like Bond villains as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the God. best way possible. In the best way possible. Um, I mean, even stuff like like last week, uh, Chris Emerson from What's So Not was on this podcast talking about how he burrowed away in uh, the studio and, you know, mm-hmm. learnt, got deep into modular synthesis. and kind planes. of Yeah. Mm-hmm. After, what was that great quote? He said that he, he knew more flight attendants than uh, he said, anyone I, else.
0: I, I spend more time in the air that's on right. planes than flight attendants and that's not what I'm paid to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So recalibrating it and as hard as it's been to not be able to go to shows. I mean, I I went to a doom metal show on my own last week just to feel something.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: What
0: did
2: you feel? That's the quote. I just just wanted to be punched in the face (laughs) with something, with sound, with with not having to sort of like articulate anything. I just like I'd miss so much that feeling Mm. of being taken over by music and I don't care who it is or what it is. I just, it's. Look, the sensation's that, still
1: the same, you know? That's
2: the thing. And th- and that goes unspoken in terms of uh, the kind of like mental health and the connection to community that music fans and people that go out to these ritual shows, yeah. that is that is a huge loss yeah. for people yeah. through lockdown and, and whatnot. Like, and we, you know, I, I'm still furious that like the same weekend that the Anzac game, at the yeah. AFL game, had 78,000 people at the MCG, the old bar, on Johnson Street was re- restricted to 100 people. Mm. Mm. And, Heck you know, it's so. like, yeah, you, this is like open air versus dance floor space and all this sort of stuff. We've got to have some rules. But the suffrage, I suppose, of mm. um, the music community in that real personal way is, is quite traumatic almost. Mm. So while that has been really hard, and, and I think in a lot of ways, obviously with what's going on right now in Sydney and we had Blues Fest fall over at the last minute, mm. Vivid. One case. Yeah, one case in Byron. Like and more than worse. I know, yeah, the night before. Brutal. Well, the night, it was. there was one night there, wasn't there? Yeah.
1: Vivid's off on the ropes now.
2: Vivid's on the ropes, potentially, with new lockdowns. We had stuff like Meredith Laneway and Golden Plains not go ahead. We had... Laneway won't um, go ahead next year, either. Laneway not going ahead next year. You had it here first. These um, <laughs> 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 guys getting it. <laughs> so much in flux like i was talking to a, a band booker earlier in the year for one of the big festivals and they're just like no one wants to take that chance yeah. to to put something ahead and either the festival falls over and you lose a lot of cash or you become responsible for a super spreader event and you become a you know pariah in the and then that kind the of industry.
1: validates the opinions of everyone else who, totally. who you know believes that music mm. events are you know breeding grounds yeah
2: so while that's all been really hard as an australian music fan especially a lover of, of australian music it has been rewarding to see how some of these how other bands are getting through and what they're giving us with either these small little shows or live streams mm-hmm. or new records that are com- going to come out like that real focus on australian music is really enjoyable right i now. agree with that mm-hmm. i
1: feel like especially with the larger australian bands who have come home because they could foresee that it was going to be a long game situation they wanted to get out of dodge um it's been cool to see them again recalibrating but also sort of reconnecting with their local scene again after probably many years away and, and sort of reintegrating and working with more i guess local artists and producers and from that we've seen some really cool new collaborations coming out or you know artists who had maybe gotten stuck in Melbourne who don't live here normally, or they've you know gone to Sydney and they've kind of made a new home for themselves in others in other cities, and they're working with different artists there. You know, I feel like there is a renewed focus on uh, local community and also creating local art that isn't necessarily for the purposes of global streams or global mm. touring, or you know what I mean. It's mm. it's really interesting. When I was in Perth in March for the Wham Fest and WA Music Week. It's the first time I'd ever been there. It was kind of the similar thing to you going to a doom metal show. Like, I was just putting myself in venues I had not, because I've never been to Perth, mm. going to venues I'd never been to before but had only heard about or seen on gig listings. Not knowing many of the bands, but it was, like, I felt like it was doing my first big sound all over again or doing my first big showcase festival where you want to be at seven different venues at the same time and you're running mm. to catch different bands, except I had no idea who most of the artists were, so I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I'm experiencing it all for the first time and I realised how long it had been since I'd had that. Mm. And as a music writer, I feel like it's it's very easy to become jaded and to feel like you've seen so many bands who are derivative of so many different sounds, but when, you know, you're in that position where you haven't been able to to kind of be bitter and jaded, <laughs> <laughs> and you see, uh, you have that sensation go through you for the first time in a very long time and it sort of reawakens you a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Some DJs as well came and just stayed. So Marcellus Pittman mm-hmm. for Crown Ruler, Ben UFO as well. They just stayed and kept touring around Australia and, hey, you can see me again next week. You can see Ben UFO play at Subclub. I didn't go, but I had the option. <laughs> I, was, I was actually at to do metal show with Marcus. Marcus <laughs> listeners um, put into our hit different WhatsApp chat about nine thirty on a Friday night. Hey, everybody, any any hot shows tonight? A- anything going on? <laughs> and none of us responded, unfortunately. I had a quick look and I was busy doing something.
1: I think um, that was my graveyard shift, so I'm like, well, oh, I'm still like- in this
2: it. <laughs> I, I had such a great time. That's, I'm so glad you went. That's, that's the secret. What venue did you go to? It was just down at the old bar. Oh, and it was Yeah. It was, but, you know, the fun thing about doom metal bands is that you can't read the font anyway, so who knows who was playing. <laughs> but <laughs> quote, ju- one of the you know the, the secret of going to gigs is that they're actually way more enjoyable on your own. Most of the time, oh, because you can I love it. subsume into the this wise. scene or place, mm-hmm. or be anonymous and almost hear it or experience it as. And if you need to
1: ghost, you can yeah, do it successfully. Exactly,
2: and yep. you're not checking with
0: somebody. Mm-hmm. How's this going? A comedy as well. Comedy is the worst to see with someone. <laughs> Slash the best. It can be amazing, but if I, I remember taking to uh, an ex girlfriend to a Fiona Scott Norman show, and she just. And I hated it. Mm. <laughs> and I'm there going, hey, was a very, and you just, her whole energy was just like, I'm not into this. Mm. Um, I, I remember going to this, this is a weird story, real quick, tell you. I'm to a comedy festival show on a date with this girl, I barely even met. And her laugh was so bad that another girl <laughs> on, on the date with someone else, I was we started talking about how bad my date's laugh was. And like, I'm, my I'm, God. So, I'm so sorry, I'm happy to hear this. Then I surprised her and took her to see Rosie Murphy mm. um, at Billboard. And uh, look, the night ended very well. That's all I'll say. Hey, um, <laughs> Let's talk about something else very shortly. Much heavier subject material. Strap in, people.
1: Okay, so obviously another. What do we call it? A topic.
2: Story. Story. Yes. Awakening.
1: Yeah, reckoning. Awakening. <coughs> reckoning. Reckoning is <laughs> the word I was looking for. <laughs> So, get three writers in a room; we're, we're bound to come up with the one word between <laughs> us at some point. Um, so Almost thousand spelled. exactly. Australian music definitely having a moment of yeah awakening slash reckoning with it's the Me Too moment that has been coming for many many years has finally properly I think been cracked open. Oh yeah, uh, just throughout this year in particular, we've seen some of the biggest, I guess, music bodies in the country now have become exposed, the flaws in the system. So Sony obviously has been the the big the big name that's been thrown into the fire, as it were. Uh we've seen, you know, artists like Jaguar Jones, other local artists early on uh coming forward with their stories of, you know, some really horrific cases of workplace bullying assault um but also just the general mistreatment of of women uh in particular in the music scene um and then from that we've seen it graduate to the emergence of things like beneath the glass ceiling who have just been fucking dropping bombs left right and center Mm -hmm. uh, incredibly and now we're in a situation where i feel like everyone's sort of looking over their shoulder to see what's coming next, right? Mm. Like it's a... Uh,
0: the stuff we can't say on air, but everyone's yeah, talking about it, you know. Mm. Totally. Who's next?
1: How do we feel being in the positions that we've been in mm-hmm. um, career-wise and industry-wise over, you know, the last 10 or so years? You know, we've, we've heard whisperings of these individuals mm. and their behaviour here or there. Um, but how has it affected you guys, knowing that this stuff has been happening but you know, maybe not feeling comfortable to talk about and not feeling like there's that protective sort of network in place too.
0: I wasn't privy. I knew Dennis Hanlon was just a chore of a human and, and overbearing <laughs> and just one of those guys. And, you know, every single week there's someone in my phone who, who doesn't want to be mentioned. who used to work for him. It was, you know, years of, of sort of PTSD and therapy to get over, to go over this because every week there was someone else who'd be in the gun so I don't know whether I feel a little naive about it, perhaps a little naive, mm-hmm. slash I wish I'd known a bit more about it. You know, I get I get to see the, the best side of promoters and, and, and record labels.
2: I think that's the thing. As a, as a writer mm. and someone whose job it is to tell stories about the industry, I wonder if, you know, in some instances, while we hear rumours and gossip that we're the last people that people are going to confide in with those sort that's of point, yeah. institutional issues because we're a liability to know that information spread like wildfire mm. even with friends that we know that work either with bands or or in you know in the record industry whereas maybe that is I don't know again maybe I'm being naive but I wonder if uh, you know yeah where where we're the last people to know some mm. of truly how bad it is mm. and we get the scoops on the artists but not necessarily yeah the uh, the monsters <laughs> and exactly yeah, and artists would be scared to talk about it for fear of professional repercussions I mean, that's in definitely a lot of instances. because now even. Yeah. You know?
0: Of course. No one seems to have come out, so did buddy for Sony and no artist has come out and said, I stand with Dennis or anything similar, have they?
1: Has no. Has not happened at all? Mm. No, but I, I don't think there have been many, if any artists who have come out commenting either way, mm. yet, which I get because, mm. you know, these are sort of murky waters everyone's going through now. Like what happens if if, you know, if an artist does come forward, what does that mean for them moving on?
2: I wonder also if the level of complicity in some of these instances, like I've I've heard right now that people at record labels are freaking out about where does the chain of command mm. end? Like are you complicit by simply working for that company mm. or is there is it just management and everyone else is fine or is it the person you confide in, you know, at the gig or mm. hearing stories of an artist's experience? and not doing anything because I don't know, you're an intern or something like that. Does that make you complicit Hmm. that, that there must be like a lot of chaos going on behind the scenes? I remember
0: a girl working for Sony a few years ago who I, I won't mention her by name. She'd only just started. And within a month, she was sending these panicky emails to us. Like, can you change these two lines in the story? Mm. Can we get this a, a correction on here? And, and it was the most, you're reading this going, what? That's nothing. Like mm. no one's done anything wrong. Why are you spending your energy on it? And she just was, could see us sweating bullets. I was mm. like, oh, this is a bad culture.
2: And I, I guess that's when we as writers start to get it Yep. In, or get how horrific the fallout can be from what we see as pretty dumb, inconsequential stuff as a writer who is often trying to get scoops and, yeah. mm. you know, whatnot, all that sort of stuff that maybe gives you a little bit more sympathy for the people delivering the message or not, mm. or not delivering the message sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry, just in recent months, you know, I've, I've been asked to comment on a lot of the stuff that's been happening and mm. to, to an extent I've felt really uncomfortable with it because A, it's like, it's not really my story to tell
2: mm. because
1: I've never worked at that label in particular. However, I feel like it's it's been an interesting position for me to be in over the last couple of years doing, you know, the, having a lot of other freelance sort of lanes going around. Um, I feel like in some senses, particularly when it's come to being at different music conferences or events, um, you can really tell who the people are who have forgotten that you're an actually a writer or who haven't even factored you into being important enough to warrant being acknowledged.
0: Mm. You're a bit under the radar too. I like that fact. I'm low-key. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm low-key. So, like, you see things <laughs> and then when all of this stuff is coming out, it's just like, okay, well, that makes total sense as to why this person was freaking out so much at this event or that makes total sense as to why this publicist was would be on the phone at, like, all hours of the night trying to get mm. a mind changed in a story for an artist, you know? Like, all of these things start knitting together. Mm. You're like, wow, that's been going on for years. Yeah. And I can't imagine the just the built-up trauma yeah. that it would take to sort of unpack now for all of these people Yep, and to to sort of force themselves to go... Back down that.
0: Yeah, a lot of them so, signed ND, yeah, NDAs. Yeah, a lot as of well. them have
1: signed NDAs. So. But we are starting to see a bit more of a change happening. There have been um, recent news reports that a lot of ex Sony employees are now considering legal action. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to, I guess, eventuate because there'd be a lot of red tape, and mm-hmm. there's a lot happening there. Um, obviously, we've seen Aria has appointed its first female chair, which is bizarre that that's only just happened, <laughs> R- regardless of if it's reactionary. The fact that, you know, it's it's never been anyone else is kind of mind-boggling, so that's a good change. Um, but, yeah, how I know it's very dreary, but do these sorts of things make us a little optimistic?
0: I think so, for sure. Yeah, so th- I think we're going to pull out some more weeds as we go. and then It's a good way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, and then the garden will grow again. So it's like any relationship. I remember this, this celebrant saying, you know, it's like a relationships like a garden. You need to pull out the weeds early, otherwise they're going to choke all the flowers and everything else around it. And that's obviously what's happened. It's Pretty cool. And then now what we're going to have, it's not going to be all sunshine, lollipop and rainbows. Mm-mm. But people are going to be on their guard and people are going to be, you know, really f- pull their socks up. I've got to mention Michael Gadinsky, like, leading the way forward in so many ways. You know, a hard-nosed businessman, but someone that pretty much was universally loved because he's always had the right idea about music first, artists first, and putting women first. He put so many women in, in, in roles, in important roles, um, a lot of which will be listening to our podcast. Hello to you all. Yeah, I think uh, we just need to follow in Gadinsky's footsteps and, you know, many others that have come after him. Mm. And, you know, Regan Stark jumps to mind, Linda. People that are just like very good at their job. Totally,
1: mm. totally.
0: More of that, please. <laughs> Pump up the interviewer heard. Ain't no interview. Um, if there's something we should be covering on the show, friends, hit us up. We're all on Twitter or or, or message slide the, in them DMs. <laughs> you no, know,
1: that's what we're saying.
0: Message the hit different Facebook page, which uh, or we should probably get active on. <laughs> we just want you to be listening to this and sharing it around. I think um, look behind the scenes stuff. Our numbers are getting really good. It's a lot of people listening to this, which is super nice. (laughs) Shush, Mikey. So keep, (laughs) (laughs) touch wood. So keep, uh, basically keep this going so we can headline the podcast festival. God, you can cut that out.
1: Yeah, if you want to see um, what Mikey's kimono caftan looks like in person,
2: there's the shells. The shells. Mm.
1: um, Get your requests in, and you may have a chance to join us in our illustrious studios and see this tropical.
0: tropical gangster
1: yeah
0: yep in person (laughs) hey listeners quick one when we recorded this you'll never guess yes big sound was on it's monday now big sound is off i've said it before and i'll say it again life moves pretty fast yeah okay back to the show Oh, my God. I went to Big Sound a few years ago with you lovely people. I had an oh, amazing shit. dance floor. <laughs> well, maybe a six-hour dance floor moment with Soce. Uh On the same day, Marcus, yeah, you and I had the biggest out. heart-to-heart we've ever had. That's true. Well, you told me. Um,
2: outside Ricks.
0: Outside Ricks. we would. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, this is so good. Big so, Sound does it, doesn't it? I can it? say this out loud. Can you? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw my former boss Craig Truig and he came up to me and I was in much more position of power than I this previously was. This is a second impressed.
1: Craig Truig story. You've and he came put up to boss. me,
0: right? Went to shake my hand and he handed me a impress/the slash the mu- the music um expense card, you know, like a, a what what am I looking for here? A, he handed me the keys to the city basically. Mm-hmm. So, I racked up a 450 dollars bill. On that bad boy because they owed me money. Of course, they did impress Thank you for giving me my back impressed. to the first episode. That's right. <laughs> Marcus and I, you and I were drinking we We're drinking beer with, God, no, we're drinking ginger beer right. with tequila shots at the bottom. You're right. We well, that's smart. Yeah, it was absolutely delicious. It was. Yeah,
2: it's had all the food groups.
0: It was so yeah. great. And we're just in a great zone. Um, you told me, Marcus, as well that day, this sort of explains part of your personality. I hope you don't mind me saying this. You lost four people very close to you before the age of 20, which really was like, whoa.
2: And that's why I go to do metal shows. Just to feel something.
0: We had a great time. Point being, Big Sound is just the ultimate school camp where running around seeing a band like Flower Truck, seeing mere women, seeing Olympia Slay, all of that happens. It's just that's such right. a good thing. Uh, so you've got so, a new uh, gig with uh, Big Sound, correct?
1: Yes. Um, the fine folk there have brought me on as a conference programming advisor. So I'm working with the wonderful Tom Larkin and Alethea Beats and wonderful, wonderful First Nations uh, conference programmer um, in kind of pulling together that side of Big Sound for this year, just making sure that, you know, the, the right voices are amplified and all the right discussions are being made. Um, I was lucky to curate a panel last year for the virtual event and then in 2019 i did a keynote so it's it's nice to sort of learn a bit more about the behind the scenes kind of machinations of pulling something like this together especially Mm. now where it's i mean obviously the the format as it is as with a lot of these other large-scale events is very it has to be malleable Mm. because you know as we're seeing things kind of have to change Mm -hmm. at the drop of a hat but um it's cool i'm as far as I know the Big Sound conference and the the live showcase part of it is going ahead as planned. It'll be the first in-person one since 20 yeah, since 2019. Mm-hmm. Um so fingers crossed. But yeah, at the at the moment there might be some changes to come in terms of how it's coming to how the the final product will come together. But the the conversations we've been having have been really fruitful at the moment.
0: Question: Are Sydney bands going to miss oh, the boat a bit this year? That's you know, thing. is it is it, is it, is it going to be a moment where you go, "Oh wow, why is it all just Melbourne, and Brisbane bands?" Some Adelaide.
2: Yeah, maybe it needs to be like the football, where there is like a charter flight of just all the Sydney bands in and a they, bubble. They, yeah, yeah and, they, and they go live at like some backpackers in <laughs> Fortitude there. Valley to prepare for the <laughs> big sound.
1: <laughs> all in bunks. Um, Probably not far from the truth, actually. Yeah, if if it turns into a situation where artists are going to have to quarantine just to play a 30-minute set in the valley. Is it lucrative?
2: Well, I suppose also there won't be all the international scouts and label people and that's, whatnot, that's not which is point. kind of essentially they the reason... They should it Little Sound this year. It would be funny <laughs> and everyone would be kind of
0: like, I, okay, we can lower our expectations. So or just have a question mark at the end of Big Sound. Big Sound? Big Sound. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, where... I mean, that's the main reason that bands want to showcase, right, is to mm. get in front of industry people who they wouldn't otherwise, but those industry people likely aren't maybe going to be there mm. in such capacity. Or so. sacked. Or <laughs> sacked. Yeah,
1: look. A
2: bit of gallows humour for your friends.
1: But I think that's why the, the Big Sound 50 worked well last year in place of mm. having the showcases there. So it was like, okay, well, we can isolate the, the, the 50 sort of emerging artists who we can perceive not benefiting more from it because every band can benefit, but, you know, having that group there where it's like, all right, well, we're going to facilitate those connections and those workshops for these True. artists. Mm-hmm. But also it gives industry and people who might normally just want to rock up and go see some shows, it gives them a bit more of a direction of mm. like, who to look at mm-hmm. um, in place of that live experience. So I'm, I hope something like that continues. Cause it sort of gives it a bit more structure. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I mean I hope it can happen. Big Sun's brought a lot of a lot of memories, good, bad, and uh you know, juicy, um, over the years.
2: As someone who feels incredibly anxious about industry events, I was always sort of against it in mm. some portion of my brain. But going there it was much more of a celebration than I suspected it would be mm. in both the industry and just it's such a great way to just download a lot of new bands all totally. of a sudden. But also, the last time I was there was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life because I had a really expensive pair of headphones. And I swear that the person cleaning my hotel room took them. They stole just, them. Just, I didn't take them out of the hotel room. They were suddenly Shit. gone. So, anyway, I'm about to be late to get my my flight. It's yeah. like 6 in the morning. I go down to reception and I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm pretty sure these headphones are gone. And... So this guy goes with me to the bin, which is like an enormous dumpster in the bowels of the hotel. It's still dark outside and we've got like, we've each got a broom handle and we're like picking up these soiled plastic bags full of like liquid and bin juice, trying to see if my headphones had accidentally been put in the bin and into the dumpster. Never found them, but my lasting memory of the last time I was at Big Sound was spending half an hour going through the most rancid waste of this hotel,
0: bin juice. <laughs> hoping so to that's find my headphones. You wanted to
2: see.
1: No, oh man, that blows. Anyway,
2: that's actually nothing to do with Big Sound, but I, uh, I almost remember it fondly. I want to go back. I want to go to Big Sound. I
1: did. Honestly, you can kill. send us
0: there to do a podcast about Big Sound, Big Sound, Big Sound.
1: I did not remember that final night party until you brought that up just now. But that was probably one of the first things you and I met at Black Bear Lodge. No, not Black Bear Lodge. I remember right in
0: your face. I remember dancing you like right in your your grill. And little Charlie from Rice is Nice.
1: Oh, yes.
0: We just threw down. It was so freaking fun. And they had played that.
1: all the girls standing in the line for the bathroom. That was just a PSA that night. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. So good.
1: Also, um, shouts to my dad, who's a legend. Um, but my the last time I was at Big Sound, like twenty end of twenty nineteen, uh, closing night party at the then newly opened Fortitude Music Hall. Mm. When, as you'd expect, it very, very late, very, very late, and I. I was on an early morning flight to come back to Melbourne, mm-hmm. and my dad, who lives in Brisbane, was just like, "Well, fuck it, I'll I'll take you to the airport because like I really haven't. We didn't get a chance to to see each other much and to catch up." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool." So he, I remember him like messaging me, being like, "What time do we do? You need to be at the airport?" And I said, "Some time." I couldn't even remember, and he's just like, "Okay, well, there's like a lot of um, there's been a lot of strikes and a lot of roadworks heading out of the city." So everyone's needing to be there X amount of time earlier. And I was just like, don't worry about it. We got this. I'm like, come pick me up at my spot at this point. Hubris. Gets to like five o'clock in the morning. I'm still at the 42 music hall. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm at peak. Working. Best life, you know. Visually did not look peak best life, but neither here or there. My dad messages me again and he's just like, oh, you know, just checking that this is the address you're at. I'm like, yep, we're staying at a apartment building around the corner from Crowbar. I'm walking back at about 5.30 in the morning. My dad has pulled up out the front of this place and he's just like, oh, yeah, like, you good to go? And I'm just like, um, <laughs> <laughs> hi, dad. <laughs> First of all, I'm like picking my face up off the ground <laughs> and like putting it back together. And to give him his credit, he did not bring up how horrendous I looked, the fact that I had not slept, the fact that I probably looked like I was under the influence of many different things, and he drove me to the airport and just let me be.
0: It's called
2: parenting. Look it up. So
1: shouts to him.
2: And then washed his hands. (laughs) hands Yeah, sent me on a plane back to Melbourne. She'll be fine. She's. She'll be fine. She's an adult. She's in a company of professionals. I'm so sorry, Dad. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's a pretty heavy story. Actually, yeah. Hey guys, quick question for you before we go: an album that's hit different for you this year, Australian album.
1: The Kutchka record. Yeah, cool. Uh, that came out in I want to say
0: April, yeah. earlier some in the amazing year. Amazing bangers on that. I wanted to cut through, but it still doesn't cut through yet. Mm. But it feels like I can see some. There's this particular song, "No Good for You," mm. which should be soundtracking like the next Fincher film, like yeah, should be the opening mm. cut from that. She's just
1: but. so smart as a songwriter. Mm. Um and I've I, again I feel like she's been slept on a lot. Yep. Maybe kind of just put in the category of
0: Collabes, she's a great features.
1: feature artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really love that record. I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting to, but that one that one's been a real vibe.
2: I don't really have a full length record at the moment, but I'm still a fan of the Kino Motel stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Uh I I don't know, they their Australian gothic a bit the swivel hips is Doing it, really? doing it for me. They've got about four songs out now, which I quite like. Mm. Uh, Olympia's working on something new, I cool. believe, which I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to. I've heard uh, the Liars' record, I'm really looking forward to, which is out August sixth.
0: Yeah, he's amazing. Hey, we'll, we'll definitely get Angus from Liars on t- uh, to this fine program.
1: Mm. Also, the new Rufus do soul track.
0: Yeah, I meant to play that last night. Do it. Um, yeah. It's it's a big vibe, isn't it? It's a nice I love that it's big, not. Big, kind of yeah,
1: big. I was gonna. I said to somebody today, I I love that it's not like another just straight out of the gate banger from them. Yep. Like it Agreed. takes it takes a little while, but I feel like it's a great sort yep. of reintroduction.
0: Yep. What about you? Butterfly three thousand from King Gizzard. It's Very easy to you know sort of. To put that, sorry, I said it again. It's very easy to go, oh, King Gizzard, just stop it, just let me concentrate on one record. <laughs> and I feel like with this album, I've been able to do that. What are they on album fifty? Album mm-hmm. fifty, yep, just from since last week. Yeah, it's, there's it's incredible. There's so many, like, there's so many their cool. Ethic is you, can, you can just swim in this record because it's all sort of uh, synthesizers and sort of polymetric jams and just really weird time signatures. Mm. Yeah, the, the whole the whole record is just a blast, and you know mm. it's kind of like don't think just dance records.
1: Yeah, I love mm. the fact that I mean, fuck again, vivid, but the fact that they had like a five night residency, broken down into different modes, mm. like yeah. an acoustic I still do. night. Don't,
0: don't say talk about it in the. Well,
1: okay, you know, I've I mean, got faith. I have crossed. faith. Um, yeah.
0: All the whole set list, all the set lists around. and they're already. all different. Yeah,
1: like it's, it's just bizarre. Again, another. Band who I think I saw for the first time at Big Sound, yeah. playing at the Elephant, uh, outdoors. It was a back to back thing. It was King Gizzard and then on the stage right next door to them in the garden was Remy. That was one of the first times I saw Remy, and having those uh, two go mm. one after the other, Not I was like, mm. "What is yeah, happening?" So
0: love it. Yeah. Well, we've got to go, guys. We're doing metal concert. We need to get to. Yeah. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what's the reverse like throat singing oh. <laughs> get gadget now that's Dr. Claw thanks for joining us Marcus Teague <laughs> yay for uh, oh I gotta take a photo as well that's, that's not pertinent to you listeners looking forward to seeing you all behind the paywall and hearing your thoughts online <laughs> <laughs> big love from here Difference. bye,
1: bye.